I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back to another edition of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. Really glad to be here. We are so excited to be here today. We're approaching our 100th show. That's how old we are. We're reaching triple digits. Yes. Yes. And and we've got great listenership and... Uh, and great uh, reviews, and we're really thankful. That and a great producer been... in Merrill. She's exactly like right. the bomb. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're super thankful that everyone's been uh, listening and, I guess, referring us. And so um, keep doing that. And keep uh, we, we love the positive comments and the reviews. Help us kind of climb in our significance. And that's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What a tool. <laughs> Actually, one of the things we really like is questions. So please send us your questions. Yes. And if you ever want to call in and ask your question, we can arrange that. Right. We would and love it, in fact. Yep, exactly. That'd be great. Yep. So. Especially if you have something that just is more of a discussion than a specific question. Yeah. Happy to do that. Yep, exactly. All right, so let's dive in. Here we go. It's uh, it's on you. You told me a story recently, and uh, and it was very concerning. And so we thought it would be good to share with our audience in terms of things to avoid yeah so you know what we what we were were talking about as we were preparing for the show was the fact that um a lot of our focus in doing this podcast is to help people have positive remodeling experiences yeah and to relieve our own boredom and you know be narcissistic (laughs) when necessary so yeah boredom's never been a problem for me no it is i got a lot of stuff going on that's Um, yeah but you always seem like hey let's do this this is going to be awesome that's correct yeah and am i am i usually right God, I don't want to say that because it's it only encourages you. <laughs> it's not good. So, uh, so yes, you're right. But this is not about our boredom. This is about, like, partly. I feel like we've been super blessed and fortunate in uh, in our lives, and and mm-hmm. I I think to the extent that we can take some of our experience and give back in whatever capacity, uh, I think that's a bonus, right? Yep, and absolutely. This is not for us about creating more business. I don't know that we've ever gotten a project or a client from this show. No, absolutely um, not. And In fact, I fine. think most people listen in like <laughs> Never Germany or, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not, it's not coming back to us. Yeah. But so in addition to doing the running the, the business that we run, um, I also do some consulting and coaching uh, for remodeling contractors. And um, it puts me in a situation where I get to spend time with other remodeling companies from different parts of the country and get to sort of get a deep understanding of what's going on in their businesses. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate in most of the cases that the companies that I'm working with are already, you know, high performing companies with ethical owners and things are going great. <clears throat> However, occasionally we r- run into a situation where a company is in crisis, right? And trying to figure out, okay, how and can we even help this company, this owner figure out a way to get out of crisis and, and improve things, right? Mm-hmm. And Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna share a recent experience that I had, which honestly was a 
Um, it was an emotional and difficult and somewhat shocking experience. But the part of it that's that's also really disconcerting is it's also something that I know that is happening in every market every day, mm-hmm. right? And I say that, and I'm, I'm not, for anybody who's hearing this, it's not about a scare tactic. I do not in any way say this to try to create fear. I try to say this to emphasize how important it is for you as a consumer to be careful and to be wary, right? Right. Knowledge is power. Absolutely, right? right? So and, we're, and, t- we're telling you some of the scary stuff so that you can arm yourself against problems. Right, and, and, and the right level of knowledge and the right questions to ask and the right research to do can go a long way. And even like a couple of processes to put in place can go a long way to preventing you from getting in big trouble, right? So here's, here's the story in a nutshell. Um, there is a contractor, we'll call him Bill, and uh, Bill is in the Midwest, and he's been running a company for a while. And his company's doing, you know, three and a half to $5 million of business, not insignificant, fair amount of stuff going on. Um, but Bill has never been profitable. Um, and so, um, and what does that mean, right? When, when, if, a, if a company's not making money and they're still doing business, then the money's coming from somewhere, right? And that's where the problem sort of begins, right? And typically what happens is the money is coming from customer deposits of the most recent jobs they sell, mm-hmm. right? So they're so, paying old bills with new customers. They're paying, old, they're, they're paying bills on previously done work with newly re, newly received deposits from company for for projects that have never been started, mm-hmm. right? So you go out into the field, you sell some work, you take the deposit, and now you're paying your electrician or your plumber or your lumberyard from the previous project, mm-hmm. right? That's the and be- if that keeps going on long enough, your hole gets deeper. It's right and deeper. It's sort of like this deeper. pyramid scheme, right? That kind of caves in on itself, mm-hmm. right? So that was happening in this case. So the, so. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. Um, what was then also happening was because the owner, um, very nice person, by the way, very nice person um, and and very adamant about trying to be successful uh, and wanting to turn things around and make the business better. Um, but om- but like almost with complete blinders on, um, about the reality of how bad the situation was. Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing led to another, and as cash got tighter and tighter, um, more decisions got made. And then um, if you have you ever heard of the term hard money loan? I have, but I, I had not known what it was until recently because you told me, so I think you should share it. Yeah, and so at one point in time in the process, this, this individual bill um, – the the bank didn't want to give him any more money because right, they looked at his books and said nope right the, and 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 there's no there were no assets at all mm-hmm. um, and and even you know a bunch of just irresponsible decision making even like while the company was going badly uh, and and things were were not profitable they were they were still acquiring equipment that they couldn't afford to pay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for right and they and had to have debt on that and so forth and so so just a bunch of bad decision making none of it by the way was like with evil intent or egregious. Right. Most of it was just basically born out of ignorance, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, so then as the bank said, yeah, we're done. We don't want to give you any more money and, and please pay back the money you have. Um, then came into this, this hard money loan kind of situation. And um, 
several hundred thousand dollars was borrowed mm -hmm. and on typically hard money loans uh, and i'm not an expert at this anyway by any means but it's a very short duration loan with a very high interest rate percentage kind of like loan sharking kind of like loan sharking yeah right? and in the end the rate was 30 percent interest that's insane 30 percent interest right <laughs> but keep in mind you know a, a bank it would not make, loan the money because there was no collateral or no assets there was no nothing and so you go to maybe a less um, a less traditional lender who understands in loaning money to you is taking a big honking mm -hmm, risk. Mm -hmm. And so, so they want to be a really a, a big reward. They're going to have sure. to big honk in return, right? Um, and, and so now you've taken that on and you get that chunk of cash and you think to yourself, okay, now I can breathe for a little bit. But you really can't breathe for a little bit because you got to pay 30 grand a month mm -hmm. to pay this back because mm -hmm. the loan's good for two years right. and at 30%, right? And and to you know to put that in perspective, if you borrowed four hundred grand for a year, mm -hmm. it cost you one hundred twenty thousand dollars extra to pay it back, mm -hmm. right? For a year, so it's it's a little bit inconceivable that you, that that could happen, right? So that's a bad thing, and that creates a problem, and uh, and then you still got all these clients who are buying projects that are going to get started in the future, in theory, whose money for the 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 front deposit is now gone. Mm -hmm. And now you get to what what somebody could look at and say, you know, this will be the savior. This will turn us around. And then you, the owner um, sells a project that is substantially bigger than any project they've got, they've mm -hmm. done before, right? And you can understand how the psychology would be that the owner would say, hey, this is my saving grace. I'll be, this will be the thing that, that turns it all around and make it okay, right? Um, and by the way, I'm going to get a nice big chunk of cash when I sell that when I sell that contract by mm -hmm. way of a deposit, and, and that'll can, also help things out, right? And I can pay off these loans. And right. The problem was that you know that was just another bigger nail in the coffin, mm -hmm. right? There were all these nails that were going in the coffin, and this was just another bigger nail in the coffin. And ultimately, now, you know, will will be the thing that brings them down because. It, you know, there's not going to be the money to actually build the project. And if you sell a large project in the very beginning of the project, in most cases, that's where there's a significant amount of cash, consum cash consumption for the requirements for site work or foundation or framing or whatever is going on. You burn a lot of money up in the beginning of a big project, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that money has now all been spent, right? So, you, so there's this house of cards that's been built um, and none of it with like, any level of premeditation, mm -hmm. right? And, and so that's that I think for, for listeners is one of the biggest takeaways is that there are well-meaning contractors who don't understand how to run business but do understand how to build things um, that get themselves in trouble and especially in, an, in, a, in, a, in a hot market, which we're still in, right? Yeah. The market's still very strong. So I gotta stop you for one second. Yeah. Because here's the thing. What everything you've said is bad news for this contractor. Why is it bad news Great. for the people who are buying? Great. Okay. So now, um, what's happened? What's 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 going to end up happening here is, um, I, and I'm I'm filling in the back end of the story because it hasn't happened yet. But I, I I'm pretty confident here's what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Because I've seen it. Um, the sheriff or the police are one day going to knock on the door of the office. And going to say, um, okay, Bill, it's time for you to uh, put these little handcuffs on and we're going to take you away and uh, lock you up, right? Because 
the house of cards, when it starts falling, um, it starts falling in a big way, right? And it's it's suppliers who haven't gotten paid. It's and and, and now I can't make payroll, and it's it's uh, subcontractors who haven't gotten paid, and and it's customers saying, hey, how, how come you guys haven't you know started my job yet, right? Right. By the way, I gave you a big deposit, and you you know, right. and you said you'd start last month, and we're still not starting. And where are you? Right. And where's my money, by the way, because I want to cancel this project now because you haven't shown up for three months. Right. That's exactly where we are, right? And that and and so, you know. Um, it, when you are not doing well, and when there's a lot of work out in the marketplace, you can you uh, the the contractor can convince themselves that okay, I'm going to get over this hump. I just got to work harder. I'm going to get a few more projects sold. That'll be the thing that keeps us floating while we get these other jobs done. And it's a fallacy. And by the way, it's a, when it's a hot market, you as the consumer might be more willing to not do the due diligence you need 100%. to do because oh my gosh, finally somebody called me back and is willing to build this project. And I've already talked to eight people and they're either not calling me back or they don't have room in the schedule or they're out two years. And so you say, oh, this person wants to do my deal, but they only require a 30% down payment right. or 40 or 50 right. or whatever it is to start the work. That's when you want to be nervous. Yeah, it's kind of like we talked about in a previous show about buying a, you know, buying a house in a hot market. And, and when you know you're in a bidding war um, and you might choose to forego the inspection mm -hmm. because you feel this pressure, mm -hmm. right? And there's something in the back of your head that says, hmm, this is a little riskier. Maybe I'm not sure I should really. Well, you're. It's because it's real, right? Mm -hmm. Because because your amygdala is saying, "Don't get eaten by that saber tooth tiger," right? <laughs> and and that's exactly what's going on, right? And and you know, I I think, uh, you know, these things happen, and in and, and ultimately the house of cards starts caving in, and then the media will get involved, the police will get involved, and uh, and it's all over, right? Now. The worst part is that in this particular case, this particular contractor has literally no assets, no personal assets, mm -hmm. no business assets. Everything's on credit. It, it, any the, the meager assets that are had have virtually no value, mm -hmm. right? And um, and so as consumers begin to become aware that their that their work is not going to get done, mm -hmm. they're then going to queue up to go after this contractor to sue them to get their deposit back, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and there's nothing there. And there will be nothing there. Mm -hmm. And then you get into this really crappy situation where you go to your local attorney and say, I just got stiffed for $35,000. I'm really upset about this. Mm -hmm. And I want my money back. And by the way, I want justice. Mm -hmm. Right? And if your attorney is a good attorney, what your attorney is going to say is, okay, I can represent you. Um, the facts are black and white. This should be an easy case to win. But by the time you get done paying for me to go win this case for you, you will expend another fifteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars to try to get twenty-five. And then I looked up this guy's situation and found out this guy's got no assets, mm -hmm. so we can't get blood from a stone. So uh, I, you pay me to go to court for you to win against this person, which I think I will do, mm -hmm. and then we recover zero. Mm -hmm. And that is how it works. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the worst part about it is that super bad gig. All of these folks who have been in, you know, who have in good faith given deposits. And in one case, um, we're talking about, you know, just shy of a million dollars worth of deposit money on a big job, right? Um, that's gone, mm -hmm. right? And and that probably, I don't know if in that state that becomes a criminal, that like some number, I'm yeah, sure what, it goes from being civil to criminal. Right? I don't know that. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's like jail time, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so hmm. here's the thing, though. How can consumers avoid 
hiring this person. Awesome. Like, awesome. let's talk about the things that you can do. You've heard this terrible story and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't hire anybody. How will I, you know? So but, there's things you can do to protect yourself from this situation. And, and, and I, I bring this back up because, you know, this exact same story, the numbers are different, the names are different, but the concept is freaking identical happened in our marketplace, mm-hmm. in the town that we in live the town in. town we live in, yeah. Um, and it was a contractor who, you know, by all intents and purposes, was pretty reputable, was doing good work and, and so forth. And, uh, and things were going fine. Well, come to find out, they were doing good work, but they're at the expense of making no money, mm-hmm. right? And, and believe me, I get it. I'm an entrepreneur, and there, were, there was a long time in our career where we made no money, right? Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for you having a good job and paying a mortgage. I know. We wouldn't have had a mortgage. Well, that was we our joke, that, that I was supporting your remodeling habit. You were totally, right? <laughs> you were totally supporting my, my yeah. not only my remodeling habit, but my low IQ. Yeah. You were also supporting, right? <laughs> and you were helping. You're, you're, not, you're not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, thank you. You're, you're not that dumb either, honey. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I think it's... Uh, we were very fortunate that we were able to kind of figure out, all right, what are the pieces of the puzzle that we need to pull together? But I'll tell you, there were plenty of times when I was like overly enthusiastic and overly positive, like I will make this work no matter what, Mm -hmm. right? I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how much pain and suffering there is. I don't care how many hours I have to work. I am not going to fail, right? Now, that's all well and good because some of that tenacity is what's required to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and to be successful. That's all well and good. There comes a point in time when that level of tenacity and and sort of stick to becomes a problem. Yeah, you get tunnel right? vision, and you can't see, you know, you can't see what's really right in front of you, which is failure. Right. Right. And you you're unwilling. And so, in the in the time when you as a contractor realize, I think I'm in trouble here. To the time where you actually say, I got to close the doors, mm-hmm. everything between the time you say, I think I'm in trouble and I got to close the doors, someone's getting hurt. Yeah. Right. And because the next job you sell that you can't do the right thing by or the next vendor, you've maxed out your your credit, like the lumber for you, know, the, the, the credit for the lumber yard or whatever. You've maxed that out. You know, you're not going to pay it back. You keep going. Right. And, and now you don't get you don't pay them. But you go on to another lumber yard who doesn't know any better and extends you credit, too. And you have the same problem there. Right. So. All right. The answer to the so question. Again, we've gone through. Yeah. You've had your therapy session. And that's awesome. <laughs> I want concrete things to Great. tell these people to avoid uh, somebody who's in trouble. And I think what we're going to do is for one of our upcoming shows, we're going to revisit that. Right. So we in the very beginning, we, we did a bunch of longer shows in the very beginning of the, sh- of the podcast. And they gave a lot of those tools. And I think we I want to in a more um, organized fashion, revisit those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in short, um, I think. I come back to like the referral side of things and saying how important it is to to you know check not only the referrals from people that they've worked for but also vendors. Mm-hmm. Also like w- when we give a reference list in our company we actually include on the reference list a bunch of suppliers. Mm-hmm. And we include the name of our accountant and our attorney and if you ever wanted to call any of those people to say hey is black dog doing this on the up and up and you know that's kind of right. stuff I that's good, right? I want people to drill a little in a little deeper to see that there is a reason that we don't give our work away, mm-hmm. right? We do it correctly and we do it in a way that no matter what, we're going to stand behind it. So, um, so there's that side of it just on the, on the pre-signing the contract side, what can you do? And, and it goes to a little deeper background. Check with the state, right? If there have been complaints against a contractor in most states, at least in our area, 
there's a there's a forum where you can lodge a complaint with the state. Mm-hmm. You want to verify that. Check with the Better Business Bureau. Have there been complaints, right? Are there exi- because it, when this house of cards starts going, unfortunately, it goes pretty quick, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the one thing is if the contractor's been working hard and doing a good doing good work, but just making no money, you may not see complaints that are coming up because they, they just may not be there. And it's not until you know ten company ten customers get screwed at the same time. Right. And then all the complaints happen, but the cow's out of the barn right. at that point in time. And there's no point in closing the gate. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so be, in addition to doing that, there's another piece that really, and I've said this before in the show, this is probably the biggest, most powerful tool that a homeowner can use. And contractors, by the way, are going to be averse to this, but tough, right? It's not that big of a burden. But if you use a release of lien, lien. mechanism, mm-hmm. right, um, and... It's a common, there are many times when if you have a bank loan, the bank's actually required. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of folks that either may come to do a project with cash or they may use a, a line of credit, which is essentially like cash. Mm-hmm. But if you actually but have, have the restrictions on it, right? But right. if you have a construction loan, right, right, they very often say, I need a release of lien. So what is a release of lien, David? Well, thank you for asking. Oh, I was well, hoping you, know, you would. Yes. Yeah, so, so the release of lien is that you, um, you have certain milestone payments. So let's say that the first payment's gonna happen at completion of foundation. And the second payment's gonna happen at completion of the frame of the project, right? So before the bank will pay you for the first uh, payment, for the first milestone, you have to prove, let's say we're back at foundation, you have to prove that you paid the excavator, you paid the concrete supplier, you paid the concrete formwork company, and that all that stuff is done. And so then they say, okay, we see that we those things we paid for, we'll now pay you. Right, and then you move forward to the next stage, and if the next stage is on completion of frame, it, you prove to them that you've paid the lumberyard. You prove to them, and by the way, you're just doing this with paid invoices, mm-hmm. right? There's another end, but and the, the the lumberyard or the subcontractor or whatever vendor, you can see you send them a form, and they sign off and say, "Yep, I got, I, I made that I delivery, mm-hmm. and I got paid. Uh, you know, I delivered all my stuff to your job site, and you paid me." It's a very simple thing. You, that you when you give the client, when you give that sub or that vendor the check, they'll sign off on the form. And that's what then gives you comfort that actually the things you, by the way, you still don't know whether the contractor that paid for that stuff paid for it with your money mm-hmm. or paid for it or with somebody, somebody else's, else's money, money right. right? But you're protecting yourself because now you, is there still risk? Of course, but your risk is way, way less. You're not going to get to the end of the project or, or the, the last 25% of the project to find out that none of the stuff that's already been done mm-hmm. has been paid for. Yeah, because what does that do to you? Why don't you tell me? Ah, what that does, the whole release of lien, is that if if a subcontractor or supplier sent product to your house and hasn't been paid for it, they can put a lien on your house. A mechanics lien. Right. And um, and that will stay with your house's title until you sell the house. So in other words, if, right. if it, right. they don't get paid or you don't pay them, basically when you sell the house, you have to satisfy pay them. That. You have to satisfy that lien. Otherwise, you can't. So in other words... 10 years from now, you want to move. People have found out when they're ready to move that, you know, there's liens on their houses. They didn't even know were there. Right. There's $20,000 of lumber owed to this other lumber yard. Because right. the lumber yard actually, if if their lumber left their yard, went to your house and got put into your addition, and they never got paid, they have a right to that money. Mm-hmm. Right? Unfortunately, you're thinking as the homeowner, well, that's bullshit. I already paid my contractor, mm-hmm. which is all well and good, but the lumber yard never saw it. Right? Mm-hmm. So they put a lien on your home. And then that basically puts a sort of an encumbrance. You can't also then sort of refi. That's going to come up if you do a refi. Yeah. If you do anything like that, yeah. it's going to come up as, a, as essentially like a black mark against the financial 
well-being of your house, for lack right. of a better way. Right. So. And, and why? So the question is, why do they get to lien my house if I have receipts that say I paid my contractor? Because they don't really have any other recourse. Right. If the contractor doesn't have any assets, they go for the asset that they can legally right. bind. Right. So yeah, that's and, why you get stuck with yeah, it. Yeah, and it's a fair law because trade people are doing this every day. Trade people are walking to people's homes and putting in their time, energy, and materials into a project that they have no equity in. Right. right. They don't have any asset to do this. Right. So so the the laws are favorable to them in that regard because they walk out of your house and if you choose not to pay them, they're out of luck. Right. Right. So now they have this ability to, to, to go after you. So that so anyway, using mechanics lien or, or release of liens, uh, not mechanics, but release of liens from the bank um, or for as if you were working with a bank, pardon me, you don't have to have a bank. You can. We've had clients request that. Because they're they maybe they listen to the show I don't know right. <laughs> because they're savvy yeah because they're right. savvy and they know um, and it's a little bit of extra hassle for the contractor but that's not your problem that's the contractor's problem mm-hmm. that's the cost of doing business but what it does do is insulate you um, to a certain degree right you, you could still find that in midway through the job the contractor takes off but now your exposure is way more limited than mm-hmm. it would have been otherwise mm-hmm. you, you will have known that the last two phases got fully paid for by him mm-hmm. and and you're only exposed for whatever happened between the the end of the second phase and the beginning of the third phase right so that's probably the best tool i think to to guard against that and to make sure that you know your your money's being protected but it's a challenge and and a, and a bunch of it is just being smart and you know i also would be leery of any companies who've go- gone through like really high growth, mm-hmm. right? And so questions to ask are sort of how many projects a year do you do? Right. You know, and what, what, how, what, what did you do last year? Right. What did you do the year before? Right. If they went from two to four to six to eight million in like three years, uh, you got to be careful about it. Right. Because sometimes people right. don't manage growth well. Right. And growth takes cash. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not making a profit, you can't, you can't grow. Right. right, you can't right. grow. So, so it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. it may be that they're just doing everything really super well. Right. But you just need to be more cautious about it. Right. So it was a shocking experience to sort of for me to see. It was sort of an academic exercise to watch this thing happen. I, I sort of lived through it with a competitor in our marketplace, which was really shocking. And there was huge collateral damage. And this experience that I saw recently is going to be the exact same thing. A bunch of perfectly nice, perfectly innocent people who just wanted a kitchen or just wanted a room addition are gonna be you know, completely screwed in the process. Mm-hmm. And it's a horrible thing to see. Um, but for those those folks, there was there are ways around it. And, and for you, there are as well. Um, and I don't want you to go into your remodeling project jaded, right? Right. Just educated. Uh, and because if you go in jaded and, you, and you're super leery of everything, you're gonna have a crappy experience and your contractor's gonna have a crappy experience. And your contractor may not wanna work for you, right? Right. So you gotta go in you know, with the right view and just say, hey, listen, I, I trust you guys. Hope for the best, yeah. prepare for the worst. That's exactly, very well, what sage advice. I know, that's because I'm trying to get you to stop talking. And this <laughs> has been another episode of Renovation Made Right. Wow. And I am that's Brenda Bryant. Go? That's how this is going to go. Wow. Because Meryl gave us the sign. She gave us the wrap-up sign well, that's like that's five minutes ago. And that's you're just, still going, I know. That's not like a hard, fast, you got to do it. <sighs> this is David Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.